3: Hey, hello, welcome back or welcome for the first time. I'm just here dropping a quick note before the episode that you may notice, even though this is our first episode back in on Spun Season 2, that we don't make any introductions to the season in the episode, and that's because this was intended to be our second series. However, due to the pressing nature of these cases, we decided to move it up to the top, and so you'll hear our welcome in the second series of the season, but for now, we would just hope that you uh, give this a listen and maybe keep an eye peeled for these missing girls who are Zion Foster and Harmony Montgomery. Thanks. We'll get right into it. Content warning for discussions of human trafficking, child abuse, and abuse within the family home.
1: (laughs)
2: some
3: underneath. going on in social media all the time. I really enjoyed the other night we went out and just played arcade games. And uh, maybe I'm regressing to childhood while we do the show as some form of comfort, but I played the Simpsons game forever. And I, uh, I had a great time and I wasted a lot of money. But, you know, it's better than sometimes what it's like being on... Social media all day.
2: Oh my, just consuming content all day? And you're really doing nothing. I'm just laying in bed looking at tweets. Yeah. I'm doing nothing. I'm not even standing.
3: I killed zombies in the Simpsons game. There you
2: go. That's something. I had a viral tweet and, you know, everybody wants to go viral, but it's like not cool all It's sort of like you
3: get a cacophony of noise from every corner of the planet. Woo. Yeah, it's just like... The good, the bad, and the ugly just all starts happening. And you know, the I think the concept of going viral is this sought-after thing. But it's actually a nightmare
2: most of the time. It is. And I'm in entertainment. We're in entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're out there, yeah. you know. But when you go viral, people will pick up your stuff and then make news stories about it. And I didn't consent no, to this.
3: No, 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 definitely not. I did
2: not. And then now they're just, like, you know, saying kind of making up words yeah. that I never said just to like make it spicier and then you get these comments underneath and they're just picking my body apart like I work in radio for a reason
3: but you but your body's fucking banging anyway Thank you so. baby. Yeah <laughs> fuck that shit. imagine being a politician. we should Oof. feel more sorry for the politicians <laughs> Welcome to someplace underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. And we are here. Um, don't actually feel bad for politicians. They asked for it. They asked for all of it. We are here today. We're doing a, a new series. It's not f- a fun topic, <laughs> but a very important topic, and one that kind of spans past the, the 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 two children we're going to be discussing today, who are currently missing. It's a much bigger issue that spans planet essentially (laughs) and a lot of it revolves around being betrayed by your own family
2: which is horrible because you know you're a child you don't know much of the world you're going to mimic who you see and you see your parents the most so if that's the betrayal then it's like who am i who do i trust
3: who do i even learn from how do i how do you develop like morals or a center in that situation? It's really hard.
2: I know. My mother was like an old school performer and entertainer. So that's why I
3: speak like this sometimes. You know what I mean? So like but you have a good performing voice and like a good radio voice that I don't have.
2: You have a lovely voice. Emily. <laughs>
3: it's, it's very jarring and disjointed. A lot of the time, <laughs> but that's fine. That's that's who I
2: am. You know, that's who you are. But if your parents are like evil, You know, what do you do? How do you pick up what to take and what to not take?
3: And I mean, how do you even know the difference when you're a kid, right? Well, sometimes it goes even further than that, just picking up bad habits. In season one of SPUN, we did a series on Susan Powell where we looked into the world of child abuse and, you know, how ill equipped the American justice system is to handle. Abuse in the home.
2: Yeah, because usually the justice system's like, well, the parents got it taken care of Mm -hmm. because they're
3: the parents. Oh, this is a family matter. Let them deal with the family matter, not the show The Family Matters. (laughs) We all, if only we all had an Urkel of our own. Which
2: is a great show. And I can see, like, I can see the government's point of view because I don't want them in my house, like, going through my fridge, going through my closet. Sure. Seeing what I'm doing.
3: Sure. And it's it's a weird balancing act because then that goes from well yes for sure but then do you then just get free reign to do whatever you want to your children because that's also not good ideally i think in a perfect world it would be that we all were able to have access to like mental health care and healthy food and things that make your brain good and deal with all the problems that you have in a way that so that you could just, like, not beat your kids up. No.
2: America used to have these propaganda videos back in the 1950s and before, mm-hmm. and it was basic stuff, like, wash your hands, maybe don't scream at your kids, and it'd be, like, a 10-minute-long video that was just super basic. Yeah. Maybe bring that back. <laughs> stop
3: stop yelling at your yourkids.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it would help. I don't know. I don't know if that helped then. It could have. But, um... You know, there definitely are issues within our social services not being up to par by any stretch in how easy it actually is for a child to fall victim to their own families or their own family member. So according to the American SPCC, which is the American Society for the Positive Care of Children, 3.9 million child maltreatment referral reports were received in 2020.
2: In just 2020? Mm -hmm. That's like the size of New York.
3: Yeah. Child abuse reports involved 7.1 million children. Whoa. Because, you know, some of those reports involved multiple children in a home. 90.6% of victims are maltreated by one or both parents. Only 3.1 million children... Received prevention and post-response services. Ooh,
2: so only 3 million out of the 7 million yes. got treatment?
3: And obviously those statistics alone are staggering. They They are quite harrowing. And that's
2: just the people that call because yes. sometimes shit happens and you're just like, is this bad or good? And then right. you wake up at 25 when your brain is formed and you're like,
3: no, that was not good. Right. Which is what happens a lot of the time. Whenever, you know, it's too late. Yeah. So, yeah, those statistics are terrifying, but not just on the surface level. But when you actually look at that last statistic, only 3.1 million children received prevention and post-response services. What does that even mean? Does that would like Josh Powell's children have been considered two of the 3.1 million children who received prevention and post-response services because they were acknowledged by social services. They had a social worker. But yet they were left repeatedly in unsafe and violent surroundings, eventually leading to their completely avoidable deaths.
2: Completely avoidable. And nobody was like talking to each other in the organization.
3: Yeah. So even if you say, oh, the children received preventative measures or post-response services, that doesn't mean that they were put in a better situation. It's just that they were like somebody tipped the cap and went, ah, yes, I see. Well, good luck. (laughs) <laughs> um. so yeah it, and by the way this is not to villainize social work um, or social workers there's like one social worker for like a hundred kids
2: yes. I assume I'm just guessing here
3: no for sure it's not like social workers go in going like I got this job so I want to say fuck them kids <laughs> Um. no by most accounts a pretty miserable thankless job that doesn't make any you don't get any money and you're treated poorly and people are mad at you all the time
2: all the time and they're still using fax machines yes
3: yeah so it's more so the system structure itself is not tenable yes you know it's like putting a foundation down on a house and then building the house up and over the next 70 years there's you know additions put on you find out oh there's way better ways to prevent earthquake damage in the foundation and oh wait we put a toxic substance in there when we were first and then just going eh you know It's there. (laughs) Why mess with it? No notes. Just leave it. Just put a jacuzzi on the second floor. It's okay. So your fucking house is going to a cave-in eventually, and it feels like that's happening kind of in social services. This is related to some of what we're going to talk about today. Not all of it, but, you know, this is something that I think is going to strike a chord in hearing some of the tragedy in these cases. It seems as though child services, along with general mental health care, has not evolved along with society not that things were better before but now we understand more about what trauma does to people and like the cycles that it causes
2: yeah we have more awareness of ptsd mm-hmm. and other something going on when in ne-
3: yeah ne- when neglect happens what that does to people's brains and how if they don't receive treatment that they're you know 30 to 50 percent of them will then kind of re they'll just project that on somebody else. Yes. And,
2: and it's yeah. almost like what is neglect at some point? Because every one of my childhood memories, I'm completely alone. I'm like alone in the woods picking blackberries. Oh, same girl. I'm alone swimming in a lake. You know, is that
3: considered? Uh? I mean, you know, I, I think, had a great time. I know. I think that there's that could be a debate. But there are certain things I think that can be very Pretty strictly looked at and going like, yes, this is neglect. Like, for example, not having enough food in the house, right? You know, being malnourished, not having clean clothes, that kind of stuff. As '90s children, yes, I mean, I was a latchkey kid for many years. Yeah, and it wasn't. I didn't feel neglected. I had a great time. But,
2: yeah, yeah. And as adults, uh, we're like hyper individuals. Yeah,
3: right <laughs> for sure. No, no hate there. For my my parents were working the whole time, so yeah. you know, but um. You know, there's certain things that definitely could be called neglect, like, without people, be, without there being a debate. You know what I mean? So here in the series, we're looking into some of these other, oh, this is family issues. Oh, the nuclear family, let them deal with it. Oh, I don't know. We don't want to get involved. But. That method is helping to create sometimes an inescapable prison for a child.
2: Yeah. I mean, as much as the nuclear family does right, I do think it does take a village. There does need to be other people around saying, hey, like little Timmy has a handprint on his arm. I
3: agree. Or like
2: little Susie has, you know, bugs in her on her body. What's going
3: on? Yeah. You, if little Susie has bugs in her body. She definitely need, she needs help. You yeah. Know? And I, I agree. I think the communal raising of children is is a good thing and i know that it's very much an american ideal doing the like oh two and a half children husband wife that shit doesn't always work
2: now and what's that half a kid what are they doing god knows
3: <laughs> i would assume that would be neglect starting especially a podcast if it was the bottom half <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so josh powell will get off the, this fucking piece of shit soon but he he, as a family annihilator the court deemed it important for him to get private access to his two children in his own home with only this elderly social worker present and even though he was suspected of having murdered their mother so you know the children's extended family could have provided safe place we know all this already he got supreme rights over them and that sucks Uh, And in the series, we're going to be looking at two separate children who have extremely different stories from one another. But like Josh's children were betrayed by family members. Conversely, unlike Josh's children, these children have run the risk of being caught into a human trafficking web. Woo! So as tragic as that sounds, it's still technically the best case scenario for either one because they're alive in that scenario, which is why we can't let their faces or stories be forgotten. They could be out there right now in immediate danger. So now I'm going to introduce a phrase that I wish I could just shoot into a rocket into space. Ooh, what is it? At least to have my brain forget it. And that phrase is familial trafficking. I hate it. Yeah. So this is a newer term. It's not a newer phenomenon, but now it's being acknowledged. That family members are involved in nearly half of child trafficking cases.
2: Whoa. I had no idea. Because you would think it's just like... Kidnapped. A kidnapped. You know, she was just going to 7-Eleven and then was snatched by a stranger. Right. But it's like an uncle or an aunt.
3: Sometimes a parent. Or a parent. Yeah. So according to the Counter-Trafficking Data Collaborative, which is the first global data hub on human trafficking... That it collects data from all over the world, trying to like make sense of this system and try to figure out like the best way we can globally deal with it. Right? This was only launched in November of 2017. The goal of the CTDC is to break down you know information sharing barriers, which is great. So they can talk to each other. Yeah, and just figure out if there's patterns and like where the worst spots are, wh- where we need to focus in on, and where they're going. They have really cool interactive maps where it shows like. The direction of which planes fly to different countries from which countries remember when we were talking about like the peruvian pipeline there mm-hmm. so now they're collecting all of these things and about 45 percent of most available data worldwide on trafficked children where these children were trafficked through a family member in the states it's slightly lower but it's still a pandemic I know we're sick of the word pandemic. <laughs> but it is it, it is a pandemic. It's not an epidemic because an epidemic suggests that it just started and it exploded out and it's not an epidemic. Just the statistics are new. It's been around forever.
2: Wow, and I bet it was worse in the twenties. I mean remember yeah. that picture with a woman's like yeah. children for sale? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. human trafficking. It is.
3: It is for sure. Yeah, and it's probably true, like during the Great Depression and stuff, it was probably pretty bad. So this is from state.gov. In 2017, IOM estimated that 41% of child trafficking experiences are facilitated by family members and or caregivers. So that's in America.
2: In America, 41%.
3: -hmm. I'm not saying this to freak people out. Remember, most people are not human traffickers. No, we are doom and gloom on this podcast. You don't have to start eyeballing your meemaw. (laughs) Why does she always keep candy in the house? I know. What's
2: this? Was she reading the Bible to me? What? What's going on? On that rocking chair?
3: We don't have to be scared of our family members. It's just important to know that this is true so that you can catch red flags faster. And because there are usually red flags and sometimes people just don't know what to be looking for. I
2: had so many red flags. like Because I moved around a lot growing up. And like as I get older, I don't know who these people are or what happened to them. But I'm like, oh, red flag. Oh, that girl. That... It's usually in poor communities, cause that's where I lived, mm-hmm. but, you know, this girl said that her father wouldn't let her take a shower, cause it wastes too much water, so he had to run a bath for her. And I'm just like, oh, i got kind of a red flag there. That's a <sighs> little bit, he's just running his daughter's bath water, and she's in like, she's in like seventh grade. I'm gonna, I wanna kill, I'm,
3: <laughs> I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. <laughs>
2: this is in North Carolina, so uh, I don't know, I don't know where they are now, but you just grow up and you're like, wait a minute. Or like this one girl, her stepdad, he would like to look at us. I would go swim in the pool and I would go swim down and I would see him like looking at us Mm. from under the water and I'm like, this is a little weird.
3: Yeah, It's kind of
2: a red flag. Yeah,
3: God, so many weird people's dads. Memories, You know <laughs> what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. Not saying all dads are like that, but for not sure. Not all dads. Not all dads. And like, I had a great dad. I want to put that out there. He's wonderful. But also, like, I can imagine if I had a daughter and she wanted to sleep over at someone's house and had a stepdad, I wouldn't let her
3: do it. I don't know it's you, you gotta just be thinking about things sometimes you know you can't just expect everybody's just gonna be cool now state.gov goes on to say yeah. notably governments and anti-trafficking stakeholders overlook familial trafficking which is when a family member or guardian is the victim's trafficker or the one who sells the child to a third-party trafficker which is what we're going to be talking about in this series what do you
2: even sell them for what kind of money is worth your child
3: I mean $50? It's usually a, you know if it's a more impoverished area it's usually a hefty amount in, the, in their com- comparably to what they yeah. normally have
2: and I guess the parents like I guess I don't have to get them diapers or food anymore and then I get paid
3: I guess that's their logic and, and, and it's not always the case but statistically a lot of it is involved with, with dr- drug addicts so <gasps> they're they're getting it for drug money Yeah, or they're sometimes paying off stats State.gov says the anti-trafficking field has identified and delineated the recruitment, grooming, and exploitation practices traffickers use in various scenarios of both sex and labor trafficking. So it should be noted that while there is a small percentage of labor trafficking in the U.S., which would be like forced factory working, forced field working, there is that, but that's really... there's a higher percentage in other countries of that. Yes. We're almost exclusively sex trafficking people here. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that great? Because other countries,
2: they, like, make your phone and your clothes. Like, all that Forever 21. Yeah, we're
3: just reaping the benefits from the labor trafficking. We're Uh, not doing it ourselves.
2: Yeah, I pretty much exclusively shop at Goodwill. Um, One, I am pretty cheap. But two, I'm just like, I look at the labor that goes into making these clothes. So there's four seasons every year and you gotta get new clothes for every season. So how much is
3: clothes being Made and being thrown away. Oh, I mean, clothing waste is also a huge problem. I do try to also do secondhand most of the time, especially in LA. Holy shit, there's so many good thrift oh, stores. Oh, yeah, here.
2: rich people have no idea what they have. Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah, we uh, mostly have exports, we mostly have sex trafficking here in the country. And also, there's a something we'll be bringing up in the series is the sort of trafficking that results in a child being placed in an illegal adoption, like maybe what you were mentioning with that famous photo of the woman during the Depression. Right. I'm including that as a trafficking. I don't think statistically they're including that in this data. But illegal adopting, either through abduction or by the parent themselves, is a huge problem. And I consider that trafficking. We just meet be behind the too.
2: Walmart. You got the cash. I got the baby. Right.
0: Yeah.
3: So in these two instances we're talking about on this series, both female children would have been sold to a third-party trafficker by a family member if they are, in fact, trafficked and still alive. We don't know at the time of this recording. And we have every reason to believe that there is at least a, a viable possibility that they are alive at the time of this recording. Information might change by the time this goes up, but the implications are the same regardless that these children were last with family members who have Now, nothing to say about where the girls are and have completely betrayed these girls' trusts and, you know, betrayed families. They will not tell anybody where the children are. So, you know, we're still coming out of that generation or many generations that looked at children as somebody's property. That the term familial trafficking, even the concept of the dangers that can exist in one's own home as a minor is so new as a concept like we're talking less than a decade of research for the most part this is something you know we talked about a lot on the child bride episodes you know that historically children were regarded as things yeah that it was like little girl to a bride nothing
2: in between that's it i'm not a girl not yet a woman yeah and it's also that thought process of like Oh, I don't know what's going on in that house. I don't know. That's their business and i mind my business. Right. And granted, like, I don't want people in my business. But if you see somebody that might be, you know, in danger, there should be a number to call. Yeah.
3: And within these two um, young girls we're talking about today, there's, you know, we'll look at these two separate examples where one, there were many red flags that were ignored and one there really wasn't. And the. The the horrible nature of that as well, where sometimes you don't know who your child is getting into a car with exactly, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the term adolescent, like we talked about on Child Brides series, is like it only started being used in the last century because before it was just like, little baby, time to have a baby.
2: Yeah. And, you know, when you worked on a farm, as soon as you could walk, they needed your labor. Mm -hmm. They need you to go fix the the mill. I don't know what the hell. Yep. Whatever they do on the farm. Fixing the mill (laughs) once again. Or go pick up the chicken eggs. You go to work. Yeah. And
3: I think it's a fair argument to say that now that we've evolved past that and we know more about human nature and we've evolved technologically and societally, we don't want to treat children like that anymore because we don't have to do that to survive as a species. So we shouldn't be doing that. So... State.gov also makes this point. Harmful misperceptions about where and how familial trafficking
2: happens, such as the belief that familial trafficking only occurs within countries of low socioeconomic status, contributes to challenges to prosecution, prevention, and
3: protection efforts.
2: So it's not just a poor thing. Right. Rich
3: people do it too? Well, like rich countries like America do it too. Right. So essentially they're trying to say there that American... Justice systems have a hard time acknowledging abuse within a home. If it's not like, oh, the kid's being hit, if it's more complicated, if it's sexual abuse, if it's trafficking, those cases aren't looked at as serious because they put it into the, oh, it's the family's issues. They, they don't want to they want to look away because we don't have systems set up for it. Just like saying like, social work isn't really set up or equipped for these sorts of things, like for the Josh Powells of the world. And we have to to understand that we we do need to deal with that in a way that is protecting children because we're not doing a good job right now. So yeah, there's this like, you know, rallying cry of like American patriotism, oh, we're going in and saving all the other countries from their their heathen ways. And it's like we're not looking in our own basement.
2: No, yeah, we need to we need to look at our own basement first. Yeah, I would least, almost I sorry. would almost say we've exacerbated all of our bullshit if that means anything. Yes,
3: and we're not looking at this in a realistic way. At least QAnon, I'm looking at you, fuckers. Really making this a lot worse. We need to actually look at human beings who exist who are being trafficked, and it's not to say that there aren't political and government and. Famous, rich people doing these things, but we have to use evidence-based.
2: Evidence, yeah, like we were talking about, especially the last show. And also, when you're just kind of going on vibes and yeah. pointing a finger everywhere, you're kind of flooding the the news yes. with this. It's kind of like, and I don't know if this is an exact thing, but remember the Blackout Tuesday so it was just like yes, there was actual statistics and places to donate mm-hmm. for Black Lives Matter, but then it was primarily white people. They were like Blackout Tuesday, and then that just took over the whole newsfeed,
3: right? And they didn't actually like try to put any resources effort. to go to. It was no. just like, yeah, look. Mm, no effort, yeah, performative, yeah. We could say, I guess, in that realm too, the way QAnon kind of operates towards like the people you don't like. Sometimes it's not always that sometimes it is people you like and we have to be realistic about that yeah that sucks so according to guardiangroup.org, also this is an important fact in both of these stories that the opioid epidemic has played a role in increasing this form of trafficking which like we were saying drugs come into play sometimes when people sell their children
2: i bet because you know when you're an addict all you want is more of the thing that makes you feel good because life sucks. Right. You just want the thing that makes you feel good and you'll do anything to get it. I've worked with addicts and they'll do things like steal money from the cash register with the camera on them. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, what are you? And they don't care. They just want the money.
3: Yeah. 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 I, yeah a couple of my friends who've had heroin issues, you are just like, oh, consistent. It never ceases to amaze you how low they will go no, when like- they're in it. But I will say... I have no sympathy for someone who hurts their children in that way. I don't care. I don't care what you're going through. You, you do that to your child. I don't. Yeah. You're not a person to me anymore. You're
2: an adult and you could have not done that.
3: You could have hurt yourself all you want. I understand. I'll feel for you. Putting your child in danger or in, you know, it's making them suffer for you, for your addiction is not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I want to start now getting into the details of Zion Foster's disappearance. So, Amber, I believe you were the one who brought this to spun the the attention of the show. Yeah. This case is open and ongoing with details likely to change or update. But as of now, there's still a girl unaccounted for and we can learn from what we know We can all learn from this story and and from what we know of the details right now and hopefully we will find her alive zion foster is a 17 year old senior in high school who lives in east point michigan which is a suburb uh just north of detroit it actually borders eight miles so the southern border of eight miles detroit northern border is east point so zion is a sweet bubbly girl with braces and a bright smile She lives with her mom and siblings, most of whom are younger than her. Social media shows her as a silly, loving sister who dotes on her younger siblings and frequently does TikToks with the baby of the family. On the evening of January 4th, 2022, so just a couple months ago from when we recorded. So this is very recent. mm -hmm, Zion asked her mother if she could go hang out with her cousin, Jalen Brazier, in Detroit. After looking a little bit further into it because all the news reports say her cousin her cousin her cousin Jalen is actually only her cousin once removed by marriage so not a blood relative just somebody that they grew up with each other they had family that they shared i do that all the time with my
2: family like you know what do you call it when it's like your uncle's kids that are second removed i just say cousin right
3: exactly Most most people just become your cousin after a certain level yeah it's just like who cares about all the other titles so they were friends zion would do Jalen's girlfriend's hair for her according to family and they you know hung out sometimes And while young himself, Jalen is somewhere between 21 and 23, depending on the source. It's kind of muddled. And that's like, even though that
2: that is close in age at that time, from 17 to 21,
3: those are huge mental milestones. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. And it's clear that he is, in fact, in his early 20s and there's his limited media social media presence. It shows he graduated high school several years ago. So he is an adult and she is a minor. Which is not to say that they can't hang out with each other. But this is let's make that clear for this story. So anyway, it wouldn't have been out of the ordinary for Zion to go out with her cousin. So her mother, whose name is Sierra Milton, didn't think anything of it. Zion had just gotten home from work that night. She works at a local like Wings restaurant and she still had her uniform on whenever Jalen pulled up to her house around 1045 p.m. That night,
2: oh, that's for me. My my age, that's so late.
3: <laughs> for uh, t- you know, ten forty
2: five p.m. See you tomorrow. Se- Seventeen, you eighteen,
3: nineteen. That's like when you first start to get to experience that late night shit. It's really exciting. Yeah, and
2: you got all that like endorphins going. Yeah, you're ready
3: to roll. So this is when he went to pick her up. They're just going to hang out for a couple hours. Was pretty calm, pretty normal. That his car came to the house at this time was confirmed by a neighbor's ring doorbell footage from across the street that's important because Jalen initially denied that he was there. Sierra, the mother, also confirms that he arrived there that night and they hugged. Beyond that, Zion's mother didn't have specific knowledge as to what the duo was going to be up to that evening, which is pretty common for a 17-year-old. It's not going to tell her mom. But essentially, I think when they hung out, they usually just went to his house that was close by. When Zion left, She had her phone and purse with her and nothing else. She didn't even have a jacket on.
2: Which means like she thought she's coming back.
3: Yes. In a couple hours. Yes. And if I were a betting woman, that would tell me they were probably either planning on driving around, smoking some weed or just going to his house to chill. They weren't going to go on some like grand adventure. No. They were probably just going to go play video games. Yeah. The girlfriend I mentioned earlier is said to live with Jalen along with the girlfriend's two children. So because Jalen is 20 something and his girlfriend is alleged to be 20, those children are babies, I would assume. Yeah. I'm going to have to say assume and presume several different times during this because, as we'll discuss, there hasn't been much information shared on the news beyond the initial missing case and then the following Jalen's arrest which we'll talk about.
2: yes and part of the reason I wanted to bring this case up is because I was trying to do research on this and it was the news was showing me other cases Mm. and there was like putting other people's faces like they just didn't care
3: yeah looking into this it does look like they're doing the parroting one source and they just keep repeating the same three facts over and they're not really talking about what what's happened here They make it seem very much more like an easy cut and dry situation and it's not and it does feel at times a little performative, you know what I mean? I am going to have gotten some of this information going through social media accounts of people who are in the community who know them or who are involved and invested in the, the story and doing their, you know, their, their work. So a lot of it is alleged or... Assumed or presumed,
2: but we're open to just being like, "Hey, this. I live in the neighborhood. This happened."
3: Yes, and anything that I'm going to be talking about today will have at least a reason that I th- it it could it most likely is accurate. It's not just stuff being pulled out of the area. We're maybe.
2: just making stuff yeah, up. Just whatever. La no. la la la.
3: So around one a.m. that night. So technically now it's January fifth. A text was sent from Zion's phone to her mom's phone, simply stating. OMW, which means on my way, which also didn't strike Sierra. Sierra, her mother, just was like, yeah, okay. Because that would be a normal text for Zion to make. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, this is weird. You know how sometimes when people are, phones are stolen and then there's like, they're texting and somebody's answering, like, that person wouldn't say that. That's yeah. weird.
2: It'd be weird if they spelled out on
3: my way. Yeah. Yeah. So, just doing like a little clip, like fast text didn't seem out of the ordinary to Sierra. So she was like, all right, she's waited up for for Zion. Oh, she's
2: waiting up.
3: Yeah. So soon after, however, Sierra finds herself waiting longer and longer like than it should have taken for her to get home. And she's suddenly not answering text. Sierra tells Dateline. My phone shows, you know, our location. All of my kids locations are shown 20 minutes after texting me that she was on her way home, she still wasn't there. It's not clear whether her phone shuts off or why it stopped showing her location, but the last place that it pinged was at Jalen's house about an hour before. After Zion begins not responding to texts, Sierra reaches out to Zion's father, a man named James Royster, who appears to be active in Zion's life and has spoken publicly several times to the media. For what it's worth, he looks devastated you know he has tears streaming down his face when he's talking despite the fact that Jalen is from his side of the family so I don't think that he has a close relationship with Jalen or anything and or has any like information that he's withholding he just seems like a very distraught father Sierra has spoken to interviewers many times and has done lots of different interviews they've been talking to her as the process has been going on her information comes out a little bit disjointedly at times. I mean, Understandably, I would. she's distraught yeah. the whole time. So she has said on d- at different interviews that he began denying that he was with Zion, despite initially agreeing with Sierra that he, like it, it's it's so bizarre. He basically started saying that he hadn't seen Zion for three years, even though Sierra's like, I fucking hugged you. You d- like, what are you talking about? So. At some point, pretty early on in this process, within like a week, he's like, oh, he's just like, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen her. I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, yes, you did, and that's why i bringing up the ring footage of the cars. Like, it's on. Yeah, the you did, buddy. Yeah, already not looking good for him. So, like, you know, at first he's being helpful. Then, second, next couple of weeks, he's just like, no, just washes his hands of it. Doesn't want to talk. Doesn't know anything. And. There have been a lot of unconfirmed pieces of evidence from local sleuths around their community, including alleged texts. Jalen was sending mutual friends th- about Zion, but we don't have those. Are actually we don't know if they're confirmed or not. It's still rumors. Yeah, it's so. just lore, local lore. Yeah, we're not sure. There there's screenshots floating around, but I don't know if they're actually valid. Yeah. Then so Jalen was living with this this 20 year old girlfriend. She, so as uh, Zion vanished on January fourth, twenty twenty two. And then within a week, the girlfriend and the children have vanished. They are just like they've bounced before his arrest, which is on January 19th.
2: That's a red flag.
3: Yes. Since Zion's disappearance, also several Facebook accounts and posts have been deleted. So there's a lot of pulling stuff off the Internet really quickly. There's no social media footprint that... Jalen ever had a girlfriend or has children Anywhere Whoa! So sometime in those 14 days Between Zion going missing and Jalen Getting arrested which we'll talk about because yes he's Currently in jail Jalen's girlfriend and Children have I don't think As in they were like he did Something to them they just sort of like Bounced gotta
2: go it's getting a little too hot In here
3: yeah and There are some troubling rumors going on Around this girlfriend who I will not name because she hasn't been charged with anything but you know still it's just weird that you'd leave speculation about maybe her involvement so yeah after the police set out a warrant for Jalen, Jalen ended up turning himself into police on january 19th why did they have a warrant out against him well he was of course a person of interest already because sierra's claim that they were together And then when they interviewed him, he was denying these things. Then they had this other proof that he was there and he wasn't making he wasn't telling the truth about stuff from the ring camera. Yeah. So they ended up being able to get him on perjury charges, essentially going, okay, we know he's involved. We don't have evidence, but we have evidence he lied to us so we can pull him into jail for that. So that's what they have on him right now. So he's currently awaiting all the stuff. And I think that this was their way to get him off the street and, like, try to get stuff out of him from jail, basically, so that he couldn't, like, run or whatever. Yeah, because he could disappear along with his girlfriend and kids. Right. So around the same time this happens, a private investigator gets involved. So I'll be using some of that as well in this telling. Within five days, Jalen was before a judge getting like I don't know, was that called processed or arraigned or whatever? Whenever he has to go, he got arrested, then a few days later he has to go in front of the judge, and the judge goes like, These are your charges, sir. Da da, 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 da Like that thing. hmm Scary time. Yeah. And at that point, the judge mentions that the cops are trying to get a murder warrant for him on top of the perjury charge. So obviously they think he's done something. However, the murder warrant doesn't stick because there's no body, and it's not clear why they immediately went to murder charges and not, like, you know, kidnapping or something. Yeah,
2: you gotta have a b- body for a uh, murder charge.
3: Right. Most of the time. And he hadn't publicly confessed to anything, so it was a little weird at the time. Everybody was like, what? And then whether or not he had already made a confession is unclear, but at some point he did. So... On February sixteenth, which is so a couple weeks later, Zayan's mother writes on Facebook: "Jalen said my baby
2: died, and he put her in his trunk and dumped her in a dumpster."
3: I'm gonna post.
2: Oh my god! But also, like, it's kind of like when you're when you you're in jail and you're getting coerced by the police. Like, I don't know how mm-hmm. they got this
3: information out of him. The, yeah, they're gonna do whatever it takes. You're, you're totally right, and that is. Coerced or false confessions are a thing that happen all the time. Another thing that is a big problem in our justice system that cops are often, their central goal is to get a confession, get the case closed, not find the guilty person. Yeah. They want to get the case closed. Then they go like, it's not our job to do the work like that. Like we just we're supposed to get this done with. And so because there's uh, we got to get to more cases. We got other stuff going on. We, we don't have time. Yeah. And that's not our job. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. So there's that issue. And then another issue we're going to talk about why somebody else maybe or why somebody would maybe have a false confession or say something that wasn't true. Regardless, when this confession happened, Jalen was already in jail And because then Zion's mother completely naturally heard this and immediately just assumed why she's not a criminal expert. Why would she think that that this could be a lie? So she just assumed that meant her daughter was no longer alive. Oh, my God. And you're grieving like you're a parent who's grieving for their child. Right. And so, you know, right away, people are making like rest in peace signs and like, you know, talking about her in past tense.
2: Oh my God, imagine, I mean, I'm just imagining here. Imagine still being alive Mm -hmm. and then hearing a news report in the next room that rest in peace, you're dead.
3: I I mean, how how terrifying. Because that means
2: people have stopped looking for you.
3: I would be be so scared. Yeah, this is not a criticism of her mother. That is a very clearly natural reaction to hearing that. However, the facts remain that there is no body. And the relative regularity of false confession is not You know, something that, like, Sierra Milton, who's just minding her business, is going to be thinking about. Cops aren't going to tell her. They're trying to close the fucking case. But there are more than a few reasons to have doubts about this claim from Jalen. So let's look at this first claim. According to Zion's mother, who heard it in the first person while she was, she, you know how like when I was just saying the da-da-da and the judge gives you the da-da-da, then you have people behind you kind of like watching it. So Zion's mother was watching him get his stuff done. So she was in the courtroom, but the like media wasn't. That's got to be soul crushing. Yeah. So she heard that the, this confession happened and didn't tell the media for a couple weeks. So when she posted that thing on the 16th of February, she had already known, but The cops had asked her to not be posting stuff, and then she just like just decided to. I think she just was like she couldn't handle it anymore, and she told people
2: she probably wanted a community of people telling her like it's gonna be okay. I'll come to your house. Yeah, give you like some potluck. I mean, can you
3: imagine just holding something like that inside of yourself? I couldn't do it. I can't hold in secrets even. No.
0: BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022.
3: According you know, to Sierra hearing this in first person and, and putting stuff together from some of their the people who are in their community, Jalen is claiming, his claim, that, we didn't get this on media, so we're getting this from secondhand information, but Jalen is claiming that they were at his house smoking weed and that she had a bad reaction to it and she died. How do you get a bad, I mean, unless it's like that fake stuff. Well, spice or so fentanyl's getting laced into weed as well. Now. What? Yeah, fentanyl's and everything. God, you got to be, be careful. You got to you got to be a puritan out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you also need to test your drugs if you're going to do hard drugs. There are st- there are test strips. Please do that. Don't fuck around with it. It will kill you so fast. So he's claiming that something like that happened. He then decides to put her body in the trunk of his car and then he drove her body to a dumpster and left her there. This is what he is saying happened. Well, then we should be able to find her at the dumpster. He then proceeds to pick his girlfriend up from work and go home. That's what his claim is. There's a lot of holes in this story, however. For one, the weed story. There is, of course, terrible danger of fentanyl or fenny and any drug you can pick up, like we just said. But as many from the community has pointed out if she had had an adverse reaction to weed why not call 911 instead of letting her die and then just hiding the body if it was a a drug reaction why would you throw her body in a dumpster is he afraid that they're going to put him away for drugs that seems like bullshit to me
2: yeah cuz weed is still not it's legal in LA but it's not legal in
3: yeah, where they are but like if somebody's having a bad reaction and especially if that person was your cousin yeah, who you family, grew up with a yeah. girl who's a minor like wouldn't you want to try to help her like most normal people would or at least like you can still be a scumbag about it but good but drive her to the hospital dump her off dump her off and yeah. then speed away like what why would your initial reaction be oh she's dying I guess I'll just have to I guess I'm gonna have to throw her away in the trash it doesn't make any sense then, of course, the question of, well, how was he not affected right if they were smoking together? They're both smoking the weed,
2: unless she smoked another kind of weed because he, he knew he had to drive soon.
3: There's just, yeah, it, there is a, a world where this is possible, but it doesn't add up to me. And most people agree, you know, then, of course, if this did happen, how would he have dragged her body to his car alone without being seen by anyone hauling? over a hundred pounds to his car by himself. He didn't have a garage, so he would have had to have done this on the street. So this leads to theory one, that something unplanned happened at Jalen's house, which caused Zion to get fatally injured. There is a rumor, again, this is a rumor. I don't have confirmation of this. Going around on the neighborhood internet world that Jalen's neighbors have said Jalen and his girlfriend, whose name I'm not going to say, saw them, struggling to put a rolled-up carpet into the trunk of his car in the middle of the night. This would mean that his girlfriend was home at the time, and some are speculating something happened between Zion and this girlfriend. However, this is mostly still just living in the rumor mill, and most of the details of this theory are just that, a theory without any concrete evidence.
2: So maybe like a, like a fight between the ladies. It's a theory. Because if she was his girlfriend, she might be mad he's giving his cousin attention.
3: Again, theory. 100% a theory. The reason I'm bringing it up is that there are people who are swearing that the, there are neighbors trying to to say this and trying to get this, av- this out to the world that they saw this happen. We don't know if that's true or not. Theory two has a tiny bit more context, though it's still a bit murky. And again, a lot of it, of it is rumor, which is that Jalen attempted to sexually assault her. And when she said no and pushed back, he reacted violently. While this would still present a challenge to simply remove a body from his apartment, Zion's mother has said on the news that she's been able to access her daughter's communications on her phone since then. And, and she says this.
0: He was trying to, you know, talk to her and get with her and things like that. She's underaged. Um, Then I find out that drugs and things like that are also included in this. So I don't know what their lifestyle is. I don't know what they're
3: about. According to her mother, she's, as far as I know, and the police are the only people who have seen these text messages. But she's saying that in those text messages, Jalen is trying to, like, get with Zion. Yeah, trying to flirt. Yeah, like trying to hook up with her.
2: And even if it's blood, you know, I've had... Blood-related relatives try to flirt with me, and I'm just kind of like, "Excuse me, oh. yeah." But he isn't blood. But he isn't blood. No. But he, he even isn't, and like I've had blood. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. are just horny. I, I don't know. I don't
3: know what this is, but you know, I, this is that. Even though there is, her uh, Sierra is saying that that these texts exist, and that is a little bit of context to this. It doesn't mean that that happened, but. You know, Zion is a beautiful, clearly pleasant soul. She's a really pretty girl. Jalen is strange. Uh, Not just my observation, but those from the community who knew him and are speaking on his character. Everybody I've looked at who spoke of him said he was creepy. Ooh, imagine that. Imagine seeing someone calling you creepy. Yeah, so, you know, Zion has what would appear from the outside to have a lot more potential in her future. Who, even within his own neighborhood, you know, Jalen managed to hide that he was living with his 20 year old girlfriend. Apparently, they had shared children. Most people didn't know that. How do you hide that? They, I don't know. They, people thought he was kind of a loner, kind of dark and brooding. They didn't know he was like, how to live in girlfriends, which is just such a weird element to add to all of this. Yeah, why not be
2: like a, a family man? Like, this is my, my girlfriend and our kids together.
3: Yeah. So Zion wasn't wild. She wasn't a party crazy girl. She was she was sweet. She was finishing up high school. She held down a job, while also spending lots of time with her siblings and her family. It feels weird for me to have to, like, justify the victim. It doesn't matter what you were doing. You don't deserve to be trafficked or whatever happened. But. I'm saying it because there's a lot of stereotypes hurdled at young black girls and Zion's parents were told at the start of the investigation that she was going to be treated as a runaway despite no evidence to suggest she would do something like that and that really bumps me out yes so so cruel yeah it's it's really cruel and so theory two is that Jalen saw this you know beautiful young woman that was nice to him still a minor by the way who he probably knows too good for him and tried anyway to, despite already having a living girlfriend and children didn't get his way and something bad happened this is the second theory that people are trying to parcel through and Ugh, sorry this is just like creeping
2: me out um yeah. i don't know i, I just feel like <sighs> sorry okay let's continue
3: i'm sorry i know it's a i don't yeah no no i uh, we're signing up for this <laughs> we're doing it we're doing it because it's important we need to Tell people, you know, we need to tell Zion's story and let people see her and and try to look for her
2: and not mix up news stories.
3: Yeah, yeah. So then we have theory three, the reason that we're talking about Zion right now, and that is hopefully going to get her face in front of a, at least a couple new eyeballs. The theory is that Jalen abducted Zion and sold her into trafficking. Why? Well, there could be a number of reasons. Maybe he had a drug habit and he needed the money. Maybe he owed a debt to someone and Zion was, you know, paying the debt off. There, There's many reasons why this would happen. That
2: would, you know, and if he was trafficked, she's going in the hands of someone else. So if he's talking to the cops, of course, he's going to say, yeah, I, I threw in a dumpster because he's not naming names. They're going to come find him in prison. Totally.
3: And, and that is uh, definitely what I also thought, too, is that would be a good reason to be making up Oh, I accident. She accidentally died.
2: Yeah, because where's the bot? Where's the dumpster, buddy?
3: Where? Exactly. It's pretty easy to find it. So exactly, ever. And that's what a lot of people are asking right now. Is, you know, first off, it would make sense if he was dealing with bad people that you wouldn't want to say, "Oh, I sold her to this person." It'd probably be safer for him, for him to, you know, spend time in jail on an accidental death charge. It could be that he's more afraid of whoever would take Zion than prison. Again, this is still speculation, but there are some reasons for the speculation. For one, like you just brought up, there hasn't been any sort of search of dumpsters as far as anybody knows, including the family. If he confessed to doing this, he would have been able to lead detectives directly to where he'd put her. And there's nothing suggesting that this has happened. If they had been able to compile enough evidence from him, from his confession, they should have been able to get a more severe charge on him than perjury at this point why is he just sitting in jail like the family is not being kept up to date with new details they are saying that publicly that the cops are not speaking to them really oh
2: my god this um, is a, a girl is gone
3: so no one's like giving the family any respect and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt because maybe they're actually building this bigger case and there's a chance Zion's alive maybe they're yeah tr- the best case scenario they're working on a rescue mission for her right and they can't talk about all the details right maybe they're keeping a tight lip so they don't tip off somebody yes but if they're just letting this case languish and going like well this is an easy we can just say martyr and don't worry about it the cruelty of just leaving zion's family to suffer and waiting is gross to say the least yeah and it
2: means it's going to happen again And again and again and again. And they're going to get more and more powerful.
3: Yeah. So we can say with certainty that while Sierra seemed resigned to believing her daughter had died in late January, believing Jalen's confession, she has since come back around to organizing searches, which I fully support. That's just like ripping a wound open and open over and over again. I will say, though, like, I don't know how that could feel. But then maybe coming back around to maybe I don't have to say goodbye to my daughter yet maybe that feels like an ounce of hope yeah and she uh she's come back around to organize more searches don't let them just dis- you know I support her not letting them dismiss this as an open and shut because it would be easier to just take Jalen's confession Zion could be out there right now desperate like at this moment So if you'll remember at the beginning of this episode nearly half of trafficking victims are trafficked the first time by a family member So this is not a fully crazy conspiracy theory to suggest that maybe Jalen has trafficked her She is a beautiful girl and families know you the
2: most. Mm -hmm. They know what ticks you off what you like where you're where you're gonna be And
3: Sierra has said this on the news now, which, which is heartbreaking. Just like She's like I didn't have any fear of her going. She was with her cousin now I'm going to have to think about anytime any of my children are anywhere, they need to take a picture with somebody, you know, like make a footprint trail of every second of their day because, you know, this was her cousin. her. There was no like distrust at all in Sierra's mind. And that's just, I mean, th- that level of betrayal, like what a monster, truly. So, this is not just like, "Oh, yeah, maybe she went to space no this there there are statistics there are there are reasons that there's yeah. maybe speculation that he didn't just throw her body somewhere because there he if he confessed that quickly, there should have been chain of events that could have found her
2: exactly and she doesn't even have to be
3: halfway across the world she could Mm -hmm. be in the same neighborhood it's true i remember when we were doing the pipeline series one of the sex workers was saying i was i was a district over my family didn't know i was alive so let's please continue to search for zion most of Jalen and zion's social media footprint has disappeared i have not been able to locate her tiktok despite the fact she was a regular poster on TikTok and then neither is anyone else who I've been following who who themselves are following this case I think maybe it was pulled down I it could still be there of course but it, it, it's hidden under a pseudonym if so it's it's not easily found I did manage to find a, a face an old Facebook page of Jalen's Jalen's the page has either been cleaned out or he simply never discussed his personal life on it. But it's still filled with sort of like dark sexual posts. And Hmm. I would like some stuff I would categorize as sad, angry, love, lorn memes, almost incel. In nature, the
2: there's something dark that has happened within people's souls, I would say, in the past 10 years, because I don't think it was always like this. Or well, maybe it was, and I just wasn't aware.
3: I think the internet has changed it, but I don't think it was ever better or worse. I think that it's just different now. It just made people more vocal. Yeah. I think more so people would just
2: write in their poetry journal or something? and it would never No, I, I
3: think that crimes against, especially against women and children just weren't considered crimes. So that was happening all the time. But women just had to be beaten, had to be raped. It wasn't... They just didn't have a place to like say mean shit to each other. You right. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what I think personally. But it did seem almost incel-like and I can see why people would have thought he was single and like by himself all the time. I saw... Uh, one acquaintance of his online discussing the case and saying she always assumed he was gay. However, the last three posts that he has on his personal timeline were especially haunting to me. All three posts, he had reposted a full-length movie on three separate occasions. The last time tagging a woman who did not interact with the post at all. I don't know if they had any real-life connection, but he had tagged a woman in it. Maybe they had a past or they had been together. But... It's a link to a full-length feature called When Love Kills, the Felicia Blakely story. Here's the logline.
2: When Love Kills tells the tragic story of Felicia Blakely, a teen mom who grows up in the fast lane. When she becomes an exotic dancer, she attracts the attention of a local pimp and predator, Dino. His empty promises of a life together turns Felicia into a pawn in his dangerous games, and she's forced to prove her love for him at the expense of innocent lives weird yeah that's a weird movie to post about and like
3: yeah with really no context he kept posting it and the last time he did posted this movie it was august 3rd 2021 so just a handful of months before zion disappeared i'm not saying those are connected in any way but it is a little haunting that this was the last thing that he posted what was the
2: last movie i posted i think like last of the mohicans or something years ago i was like i like this movie yeah it's or like stranger things i remember saying i like like
3: yeah it, it's 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 a story about i mean it's called when love kills yes and it's a woman getting abused yeah so was this a hint into what he was going through mentally was this evening with Siam premeditated was he planning on attacking her or selling her? Or was this really some big accident? He's just an idiot. <sighs> <laughs> um, let's not forget that. People are idiots. Yeah. It right? could be as simple as that. But there are things that don't add up about that timeline. Just so, we're, you know, please keep her in your... I'm going to give you some a breakdown of her appearance. Of, well, of course, post on all the socials. So we really are speaking about her as... It, present tense person there is still a really solid chance she's out there
2: and the longer we wait the the more harrowing it gets so please
3: just take a listen to this this description she is 17 years old she went missing from east point michigan she's female black she has a medium complexion she's 5'1 120 pounds her hair color at the time she was last seen was blonde Her hair length was medium, like, you know, like neck length, basically Mm -hmm. shoulder length. And her eye color is brown. She was last seen at her home on the 22,000 block of Melrose Court in East Point, but was last pinged at Jalen's apartment. Other recent photos of her, her, the missing photo they're using of her shows her with like a short, like a bob other recent photos show her with braids i'm assuming the bob is the current hairstyle but i'm going to post some of her braid pictures as well please 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 just keep an eye open for her when you're walking around if she was trafficked she could be she could have been moved to a surrounding state or even further so it doesn't hurt to look even if you're not in michigan it doesn't cost anything just you know look around when you when you see young girls in the street and just see if it matches. She has braces as well. Oh, the braces is a big thing because you can't just get that
2: off. You've got to have a dentist to get those off. So she would still have braces on. Most likely.
3: Yeah. So I wanted to just end this episode with a quote from Sierra. Next week, we're going to talk about another girl who was... Just but I, betrayal is not a word I would use to describe what happens to her. Her name is Harmony Montgomery. She's a little girl. And what she's gone through, even before she went missing, is just frankly unacceptable. So we're going to discuss her situation and what she went through with her family next week. But this is a quote from Sierra's Facebook page. Zion is more than a victim. She
2: is my daughter. She calls me mommy, still lays on my lap, still plays video games and board games, still dances for fun, plays drums and flute and sings and has ambitions. If you have any credible information, we ask that you please come forth. Anyone with information on the missing teen girl is urged to call
3: 1-800-SPEAK-UP. And that takes you to Michigan Crime Stoppers. This is a child. She is alone and she cannot be treated we will we cannot allow her to be treated like oh she's just she's so mature she ran away she's an adult if she's out there she needs help desperately right now so please just you know keep your eyeballs peeled and we'll be thinking of zion and her family and we are going to keep all of our fingers and toes crossed that She'll be recovered and, and get to go back to her family. So that's it for this week. We'll return next week to talk more about familial trafficking. Yay! Woo! Um, I'm Natalie Jean. You can follow me at the United Jean. You can follow the show at Someplace Underneath. Yeah. I'm Amber Smelson,
2: all over social media, and I also run another podcast on positivity called The Brighter Side. If it's you want more like,
3: positive, than yeah. This. If you
2: want like a <laughs> a tip off of something a little more positive,
3: no matter what we're going through all together no matter how harrowing we all remain saucy, pert, and greasy and we'll see you next time
1: this show is made possible by listeners like you Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more
2: shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And... Producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle.